Ephesians chapter 1, again, um, going back to the beginning of this year and um, talking about foundations and, and just growing us up. So again, there's going to be some things that you've heard before this morning, but at the same time, want to take us higher, want to just keep taking us a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher. Remember those four foundations that we looked at in Revelation, as a wheel within a wheel and as the Spirit leads. Remember, wherever the Spirit went, that's where that foundation went, right? So whatever that beast was, those four beasts that we saw in Revelation chapter 4, wherever the Spirit's moving... That's where he's taking you, right? And as he takes you, we saw last week he begins to stretch you. But as he stretches you, what happens is you get to another level. But guess what? He doesn't leave you there. He just keeps taking us higher and higher and higher and higher from one degree of glory to glory to glory, right? And so what we want to do today is we're just going to continue that foundation and just continue to just kind of build upon that, right? Um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. And so think about this as, as we open up this passage of Scripture. If you go back in, in Corinthians, um, I believe it's in chapter 16, 1 Corinthians 16, Paul was talking about, and he said there are many, ab- um, many adversaries. Well, Paul was in Ephesus writing to the Corinthians. Okay, So he's in Ephesus, which is where this letter is, Ephesians. And he's in Ephesus, and he's writing to the Corinthians, and he says, I got many adversaries, he said, but there's been a door open to me. And since there's been a door open to me, we're about to pour this thing out, (laughs) right? So in other words, he was like, I got some people that's finally awakened to truth, right? And he says, now that they've come awakened to truth, like at first I had some pushback, like I couldn't get in, I had resistance. He says, but now that they're getting it, like their eyes have been enlightened, right? What's Paul praying in Ephesians, right? That the eyes of your imagination be illuminated, right? And so he's like, it's been illuminated. Now I'm going to build upon this and show them that it didn't just stop at, hey, I see this, but now it's taking them what? Higher and higher and higher. So he begins to unravel all this in Ephesians and setting up this stage of saying, we're walking in sonship now in the seated place. But we have to get to the place where we see that. So that's what we're building upon. And hopefully as we've been looking this whole time, um, a lot of these notes I told you I wrote down before the end of the year last year. And so what I believe he's doing is just going to begin to take us from foundation and just grow us up. Remember the vision that I saw was just coming up out of the ground, right? And as, as that seed comes out and it sprouts up, it blossoms. But it doesn't just blossom and stay, but it spreads like a vine, unending vine. Like I saw hills like this, and I just saw as far as the eye could see that that vine just continues to spread both ways, right? Not just one, like it just went right there. But it started with a seed, okay? So what we're doing here is we're going to just continue to build on that foundation. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul saying, um, verse 17. Let me get there. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. To do what? To know him, right? That knowing, that intimacy he's talking about there. Through your deepening intimacy with him, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds where? In us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience, so in other words, this doesn't stop, 
We're not sitting on our booties and waiting for hopefully one day for him to split the skies. You understand that? And we're not just waiting for die pie in the sky mentality either. Like he's expecting you to continually progress. You see that? Continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God did what? Raise Christ from the dead. It was what? What did he say? Released. Like, you remember it said it shook the foundations of the earth. Remember that? It split the curtain. Remember the veil at the, at the temple. Right? And it's almost just like, remember, death, 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 death up to this point. Remember? But it was like a shot wave shook the earth. Just see like that ripple effect happen. Right? That's the picture. I don't know if your mind works like that, but that's the picture I get when I read that right there. Like I just see it. Right? Like there's a new heavens and new earth being established. You see what I'm saying? Like it's coming. Through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor. Supreme authority in the heavenly realm. What kind of authority? Supreme. Now he is exalted at, as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything where? beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now, when? Now, not this week by and by. Now we, that's us, his church are his body on the earth, that which fills him who is being filled by it. It's that great circle that we looked at last week. It's just constantly being filled and filled as it's taking us higher and higher and higher. Look what he says in chapter 2. And his fullness fills you. So you ain't being filled by nothing else. Even through you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in what? What's he compared death to? Religion, customs, values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the what kind of realm? Earthly realm, who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that was, was past tense, in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of that self-life. Right? We looked at that, that dying to self. We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God. Don't you always just love those but gods? Man, still loved us. He never stopped loving you. He's always loved you. He's always going to love you. He loves you. Still loved us with such great over-the-top John 3, 16, right? He loved so loved. It's an over-the-top kind of love. A love that's everlasting. He is so rich in what? Compassion and mercy. Even when we were what? Dead. Even then. When we were dead. When you couldn't do nothing about it. 
when you were dead and what? Doomed in our many sins, he did what? United us. What do you say in John 17? That I am in you and what? You were in me by his wonderful grace into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Then he did what? He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and then we, who did? We did, not just him. Like we were just reading in, in the chapter before this and it was all talking about him, right? Talking about him being seated. He's above every ruler, every authority. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now he's saying, if he is, then so are what? You. So he's reminding you that we are also, right? By his wonderful grace, he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the what realm? Heavenly realm. For we are when? Now co-seated as one with Christ. There is this dual reality going on the whole time we're reading these, these two chapters. Do you see that? He's talking about two different realms, two different realities. What realm is he, is he talking about? Which two realms? The earthly realm and the what? The heavenly realm. He's talking about two different realities, two different realms. Remember, Hebrews chapter 12 says, And we are surrounded by such a great cloud of what? Witnesses, meaning they are looking upon this generation. Could this be the generation that finally gets it? Could this be the generation that says, I'm a son. I see what he's done for me. I will stare in his face until I look exactly like that because that is the only image that I am supposed to bear is to look just like him. And could this be the generation and the great cloud of witnesses and Paul and Moses and all of them are looking around and saying, can this be the generation in Mangum, Louisiana that says, hey, I got it. Let's go. There's two realities, two Realms. The Father is rejoicing over you. Remember, the New Testament says that the angels even gaze into this reality, looking at us in wonder. Two realities. Two realms going on. As we were up here earlier, worshiping, and you were there, worshiping, right? And we're just sending our worship to the Father, and we're sending it to Him, right? You know what He's doing as we're doing that? The Bible says that He is rejoicing over us. So as we're sending worship to Him, He is looking at us sending affirmation to us. It's reciprocated. As we are saying, oh, you are so holy, He's looking at you smiling saying, so are you. Now that sounds like blasphemy, don't We all good until I got to that point. I'm packing my bag. I'm going home. Right? You're so righteous, you're so holy, so are you. Why do we do that? Why do we look at Scripture and say, yes, I see it for him, but I don't see it for me? He says he included you in every aspect. Right? In every aspect. What did 1 John 4, 17 say? As he is what? As he is when? Now. As he is now, well, we just looked at how he is now, did we not? Did Paul just tell us how he is now? He said, this is how he is. And he says, if this is how he is now, 1 John, John says, so are you where? He didn't just finish right there. He, he finished the statement out by saying something. Where did he say you were like that? 
Mmm. It's a big difference than our mentality a lot of times. As Christ is where? Now. What did we just read about Christ in, in this part in Ephesians? That He is above what? Every ruler, every power, every authority. It is beneath His what? Feet. He included you that you sit there. So if those things are under His feet, are they under yours too? But usually we say, but that's Jesus. You can't say, but it's just Jesus. And then say, yeah, I'm in Christ. And then say that's two different things. If it is for him, it is for you. There's this reciprocation that is happening in these realms as he is now, as he is seated. You know what seated means? At what? What we've been talking about all last year? At rest. Meaning no angst, no striving, no trying to prove a point. I'm at rest knowing that my word's going forth and it will line up with some people one day. Didn't we look at that back at Christmas? That it took 4,000 years for some people to finally line up with the prophecy that was spoken from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 3. That my, that your lineage will do what? Crush his head. And did it crush his head? Better believe it. Waiting for us to line up with what's already been spoken. So he sits down. He said, I'm finished. It's, it's been spoken. Now line up with it. As you line up with it, guess what happens? Kingdom does what? Comes to this earth and is established. Right? It's not just here and there and yonder. No, it's established. And as it's established, what happens with that vine? As that root comes up and is established, what happens? As far as the eye can see, it grows. It grows. And establishes kingdom where? Here on the earth. The body is supposed to operate in this finished work. That's how we operate. In this finished work. Go back to Ephesians 1. Paul sets it up. Ephesians 1 verse 13. Let's go before we started earlier. In verse 13 he says, Because of him, when you are not Jews, heard the what? So these are people like us. Not Jewish people. These are Gentile people just like us. They didn't grow up hearing the Scriptures. They didn't grow up having the Old Testament in their back pocket. They didn't grow up knowing the Old Testament like Paul did, back and forwards and everything else. They were Gentile people. They didn't have a Bible on every shelf of the... They didn't even have a scroll. Right? Just like us. And because of Him, when you who are not Jews did what? Heard the revelation of what? Truth. You did what? He believed. What did he say? I said, he said in 1 Corinthians, he said, look, I had many adversaries here. I couldn't get in. But now that it's awakened to truth, he says, brother, I ain't finna stop here. It's unstoppable now. Once that seed took place, Mark chapter 4, once that seed took place, he's like, brother, we ain't stopping here. Come on. We gone, right? We going. He says, they heard the revelation of truth and you did what? You what? Believed in the wonderful news of sozo, Greek word, meaning the whole person, mind, will, emotions, your whole being, body, soul, spirit made whole. You believed and believed this wonderful news of sozo. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. That means you are now what? One. 
Now what, right? So you first heard, then you believed, and he says that's only the beginning. How many times were we shown growing up? Not speaking for you, speaking for myself. I grew up in church my whole life, right? Even in the womb, I was going to church, right? Even in the womb, I was playing the organ. My mom played the organ for the church, if you didn't get that. (laughs) But for me, what I always heard was, now we just wait. You believe, you heard the truth, now just wait. Wait for what? Pay taxes and die. That's it? That's all? Then I was reading in Acts one day and I was just like, is this what it's supposed to look like? Because that's not what I've been taught it's supposed to look like. These guys look way different than what I'm used to. Right? Yeah? Or is that just me? He says, beyond that, now let's do what? Let's grow. Let's grow. We can't stay here. We must grow. So go now to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Then Paul tells them this, verse 18. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ. Now listen to this. I've been talking about this for the last few weeks. In all dimensions. In all dimensions. So how many dimensions does Christ have? Guess what? You're never going to get to the end of them. That's why the angels can stand around the throne singing holy, 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 and they never get bored. You know why? Because it's a constant revelation of who he is. That's so good. That's so good. I got chills all over. Mm. Just picture that. Like it never, it's never ending, right? And we get invited into this great dance now, right? So he says, this great magnitude of astonishing love in Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply, and just think about how often we stop at one dimension. And we've invited to go into all of them. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is. Listen to this. Endless Love beyond measurement that transcends our what? Sometimes I told Brent, I get so bogged down as I'm looking at it, I get really confused sometimes because I'm just like, bro, it's blowing my brain. My brain can't comprehend what he's trying to lay down. Right? Like it can't pick up with what he's trying to lay down sometimes. My mind hadn't caught up with it. That's why Paul says you must what? Renew your Mind when? Daily. Daily. I told Brent, I think it was yesterday, I said one of the prayers that I pray more than I pray anything else every single day of my life and over my family is that we come into the deep understanding of who he is and who we really are. Because I know when that happens, everything else just going to come in line. Right? Seek first the kingdom and all the things will be added. Right? So, you think about, he's saying here, 
how deep and enduring inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measure that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to do what? Work in you and accomplish all this. Everything that we talked about so far, he wants to accomplish in you. That's a lot. That's so much. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Now, there's some dreams going on in this place. You've had dreams. Some of you had dreams since you were little. Some of you have had dreams just in the last week. But some he has placed in your heart, and he's saying, don't give up on it. Stir hope around it, and let that hope turn into faith. It's like we looked at last week. And exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now, we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ. And all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. So be it. So be it. Do you see the growth? In those passages. Do you see? You're never supposed to be plateaued or stagnant. You're growing constantly. Right? Like that's the offer on the table. Now you can turn that spout off if you want to. But the offer on the table is let's never stop. Right? Let's never stop. Remember remember um, a couple of weeks ago whenever we looked at the four, the four creatures. Meaning the four foundations. Right? And what did they do? Wherever the spirit went they did what? You ever notice, I don't even think I pointed this out last time, but you ever notice those, it said it's the four, right? What is always talked about with the earth? The four corners of the earth. What is that meaning? We are going the whole thing. The whole thing is going to be established. Right? Precept upon precept, word upon word, line upon line, glory upon glory, all dimensions in him. So every believer has two callings. You have your personal calling, which he has called you to do, right? Not everybody's up here preaching this morning. Not everybody was up here singing this morning. You have different callings on your personal level. But every person has this calling over their life. And this is Romans 8. You're conformed to the image of the Son. In other words, to be a son. What does the Son look like? Looks like Jesus. It looks like who? So you can't say, well, can't you say, Tater? But that was Jesus. You can't no longer say that anymore. Because the more you stare at him in the face, the more you become just like him. Right? You must understand how he sees you. Whenever you understand how he sees you, there will be no more self-doubt. There will be no more shame. There will be no more depression. There will be no low self-esteem. Until you walk in identity every day, it's going to be really hard to walk in authority. Because you trying to walk in authority and not know who you are, seven sons of Sceva walk away naked. Got to know who we are. we got to understand and come into this understanding of sonship and understanding who we are in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. 
Even when we were dead and doomed, we just read this, in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and he did what? Saved us. By his wonderful grace, he raised us up with Christ. Raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. I said earlier, there's two realms, there's two different dimensions. The first thing I want you to see here is this. You were first made alive together. So becoming one with Christ, you were first what? Made what? Alive. What was the first thing he said here in this passage? You were made alive together. Then he goes on, there's two more, raised together. So first you were made alive, right? So in other words, picture that in your mind. He comes up out of the grave. So did you. You got to get this. You got to see it. He comes up out of the grave. So did you. Then it says the very next thing was what? He was, we were raised together. So what happens? He uh, sins into the what? They watched him ascend into the what? Heavenlies. This passage says, and so were you. So you were made alive as he come out of the grave. So did you. Then what? He ascended into the heavenlies, and you says what? So did you. And the last thing he says, and he was, we were seated together in heavenly places. So you're made alive, you come up out of the grave. You ascended just as he ascended. And then you were also, he was seated at the right hand, meaning it's done, it's finished. I have rule, I have authority over all, both realms. Get that. I have rule and authority over both realms. That's the things he was naming. He was naming things in both realms so that you would see both realms are under his feet. You are there with him, both realms, what? Under your feet, right? As I said earlier, it's hard for us to, it's easy for us to say, oh yeah, he's like that. But whenever we say we're like that, we want to say, well, that's blasphemy. If we say that's blasphemy, then we're joining all those who wanted to beat Paul. I mean, this is what put Paul in chains. This is what got Paul beat up most of the time is preaching this. All I've done so far is just repeat his word, by the way. And this is what got him chained. This is what got him beat. He says, by these chains, this is why I'm here, right? Preaching this message. So then he says, to be alike is to operate just like he did when he was here. Remember 1 John, as he is now, so are we, where? In this world. So in other words, we should be operating what? In both realms. He brought both realities back to the way they were supposed to be so that you could operate in the two realities like you were supposed to be from the very beginning. Right? So we... To get this, though, in your mind, to get this ascension, to see that you are right there, because that is real confusing sometimes for us, because most of the time we just operate out of this one realm, and I'm telling you to think you're in two realms, right? And most of you looking like i got seven heads up here, and I'm crazy. <laughs> At least seven's perfect number. <laughs> so to understand ascension, first I want you to understand resurrection. 
So let's go back just a little bit. And then I'm going to bring you right back to where we're leaving off. In the Genesis story of 1 through 3, and I'm not going to read all three of those chapters for time's sake. But in Genesis 1 through 3, do you know that that is, out of the Bible, that is the most searched passage in all the world? And I'm not talking about Christians. Satanists study Genesis 1 through 3. New Agers study Genesis 1 through 3. And then we have theologians in the biblical community that study Genesis 1 through 3. is the most sought-after passage, the most passage that people want to understand. Why do you think that is? Say it loud. In the beginning. If you don't get in the beginning and it's distorted, you'll never understand what your purpose is on this earth. If there's a distorted beginning, you're going to have a distorted ending. So let's look at it. In the creation, he gave them his image, which is the Imago Day that we talk about. He gave them his, his image, the dimensions that he had. You've got to understand this. Go, go Back when we were just in the New Testament, First John, he said, as he is now, so are we in this world, right? In the beginning, he gave them his image. So that means that every dimension that he was able to operate in, they could operate in. They had it. Who he is and what he has, they were created in that. Let that sink in a little bit because a lot of times we just think fairy tales. Let that sink in just a little bit. Who he is and what he has, they were created in that image. So let me get this. So remember, he said, I want you, both of you, to represent me on the earth. Right? Represent meaning represent me. Represent the image of me where? In this earthly realm. Right? So what does he do? He put spirit beings inside the flesh so that they could operate in the spiritual realm and the earthly realm. You still follow me? You still with me? Because that's a lot. That's, I know it's a lot. But we don't think like this a lot of times. Still trying to get you to understand two dimensions. Okay? Why did he do that? To operate in the spiritual realm, you must be a spirit. To operate in the earthly realm, you must have what? Flesh. So they did what? They walked with God, remember, in the cool of the day. Do you know what that actually means? That cool of the day means this word ruah, which means the spirit, the breath of God. So they get to visit spirit to spirit. Sound familiar? Jesus says at the woman at the well, what? A time is coming, and I tell you, is now here that true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. Why did he say, and it is here now? Because he was there. Breath is a spiritual dimension, right? So memory says, don't eat this fruit or you will surely what? Die, right? So Satan's like, all right, here's my chance. Here's my chance to get this spiritual dominion away from them because I know if they're operating in the spiritual dimension and the earthly dimension at the same time, they are ruling over me, right? 
Satan at the very beginning wanted to be like who? He wanted to be like God, right? And he cast him to this earth. He didn't just cast him to this earth, though, and say, there you are. He cast him to this earth, and then he breathed into dirt. And when he breathed into the dirt, he made God, I mean, he made a God over the enemy, which was us. You see it. Your spirit being. They were spirit beings from the beginning and flesh. So they did what? He breathed into him. The breath was what? Spirit. Breathed into the dirt, which was flesh. The spirit and the flesh are now what? One, but they're operating in what? Two dimensions. Satan understands that and he says, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't going to lord this over me because what were they told in the garden? Everything you see, do what? You have dominion over it. I can't have Adam and Eve over me, so how can I get them out of this? Trick them to do what? Do the same thing he did. He can only replicate what he'd already done. And what did he do? Trying to prove himself to get something. So what did he do? Same trick. You're going to have to prove yourself to get this. When they could have just trusted, I'm like God. Already. So he puts that into their ear and they believe the lie, right? So what happens? When he ate it, it says death entered, right? Which was that spiritual realm is stripped now of that likeness of God. That DNA that we talk about, the very likeness, they were created in the image of God. That likeness is stripped away, so that's a lack of that DNA of what God is supposed to replicate over this earth. Still a spirit being. The spirit being didn't go away, right? But it's not regenerated. Remember Romans chapter 5. If you go back, again, time's sake, go back and read all of Romans chapter 5. It said that all in that moment, all humanity did what? died. But then you're looking at Scripture and you're like, but I see him living. Right? So understand this. But God always has a plan. Did he react to that moment? No, he didn't react. He didn't react at all because he said what? Something you don't know, Satan. Lamb been slain for the foundation of the world. Right? So he doesn't react, which means I don't have to react in situations either where the enemy's trying to control. Instead, I place myself under trust with God and speak whatever he wants me to speak. See all those things lining up that we've been talking about? Jesus came the same to do what? To give you your spirit back. I want to prove that to you. John 20, 22. John 20, 22. Now, you know this passage. Jesus resurrected. He meets up with the disciples. And uh, let's go. Let's do 21 first. Jesus repeated his greeting, peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me. Oh, there we are again. You read it. I don't even want to finish it because I want you to see it with your own eyes. Just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending 
You. Just ask. What's just ask mean? Same. Same. Then taking a deep breath. Where have we seen this before? Genesis. <laughs> then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, what? Receive. Receive the what? Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Because now He's going to be in you and you're going to be in me. This helper, remember the paraclete, this helper is going to show you where to go. Right? Remember whenever Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and He says you can't see the wind, but you see the effects of the wind. In other words, you never know where the Holy Spirit's going to take you. Those four foundations, remember? You never know where He's going to take you. And He's going to take you higher and higher and higher. Your job is to recognize that and follow His leading. You see what I'm saying? So as He breathes into you, you receive the Holy Spirit. So just understand this concept. Jesus came and He did what? We just had Christmas time. And He put on flesh, right? Word became flesh. And then it says, He became sin who knew no sin so that we might become what? The righteousness of God in Christ, right? One man did this to us. One man's getting us out of that mess. You see it. You see what I'm saying? So in the garden, right? Jesus is praying. You got to see all these significant pieces. Like it's just replicated. Everything that we're seeing in the Old Testament replicated now through Jesus. Now he's in the garden. He's saying, if there's any other way, right? Let us do this. It's not. But he says, Paul says, that he found the joy set before him in that moment. What was the joy set before him? Say it loud. Us. Us. The joy set before him, like beyond this pain and experience I'm about to experience, is you. That's the joy set before him. You're the inheritance, right? So this is joy before him. So he gets on the cross and he says, into your hands I do what? I commend my spirit. Giving over to sin, death, and the grave to do what? Go to the underworld. And there's a lot of things and speculations about these things and I'm not going to try to prove that I know them all. Just going to give you the part that's in Scripture. Goes to the underworld, right? To below where all the dead are. And it says that he preached to those and then he come up out of that grave leading a what? Procession behind him. So that means he set them free, right? And they're following behind him. Remember, even like they're seeing dead people come up out of the grave and they're freaking out. And they're like, what is happening? Right? And he led this procession out. So that proves then that he had authority. Now what? Both realms. Both realms. Both realms are back into his hands. You've got to see it. This is not about a religion. This is about a dimension that you're supposed to be operating in. Look at it. Remember how Paul says that Jesus is the first fruit among many? So we say, he's the first one. Come out from the grave, blah, blah, blah. Is he the first one that was raised from the dead? Let me ask that question. Let me let you start thinking a minute. Is he the first one that was raised from the dead? Nope. We see in the Old Testament, people were raised from the dead. Did we not? 
Jesus even did what before he was crucified? Raised some people from the dead. So is he the first one to just raise from the dead? So what does that mean then? First fruit among many. Many have been raised from the dead, but he was the first one that was raised spiritually, leading that procession out. That's the fruit. So that now both realms, both dimensions, he brought back to us. Because of what did he do? We just read John 20. He's meeting up with those disciples. He's like, look here, guys. I got it back. Here's the keys. Both realms back in my hands. Now, this is what I'm going to do with these keys. I'm going to give them to you. So receive my, what? Spirit. John chapter 3. Born again. Right? Regenerated DNA now in them. Right? The same DNA that was supposed to be from the very beginning. That now you can operate in both realms just as I do. See, Jesus had to come back into the flesh. He had to, right? So he looks at his disciples. He's like, I'm back, Jack. Look at me. Right? Not like Sai, really, but you know. He's like, here I am. Let's do this, right? It release authority, not just to go to heaven when you die. He resurrected a dead spirit. To do what? To resurrect not just you, your mortal body, Paul says, like he resurrected your mortal body, but not just for that reason only, so that you walk in resurrection power to bring life everywhere you go. Now you are a life-giving spirit. Come on, brother. That's good news. That's, good That's who you are. You are a spirit being housed in flesh so that you bring the reality of heaven to this place. Now, we're going to have to cut some of this and we're just going to have to keep fleshing it out because I got so many notes on this, we'd be here till Tuesday. So we'll just call this foundation introduction, okay? So the part that I want you to get today is this. You are in Christ. And if you are in Christ, the Bible says you are a new creation. The old order of things, he says. The old order. The way things used to be. They're gone. But now your DNA is matching his DNA. As he is now, so are you. Where in this world? So therefore, yes, spirit, man, is 100% just like it, right? The problem with this fleshly realm is a lot of times just right here. That's where we get stuck, right? That's where we get stuck. That's why Paul says you got to renew it, right? You got to renew it. And you have access to the mind of Christ because you are one with Christ, right? So to do that, I have to yield to his mindset instead of mine and regener- renew my mind, right? What does repent mean? Rethink. Change your mind to look like Christ's mind. Like my old way of thinking ain't going to get it. So does everybody see you were created for such a time as this, right? Like before the foundation of the world, he knew you, right? And he set you, remember I was talking about this earth. He's 
gave me to Beverly and Paul Rogers. I didn't have no choice in that. Did I? I had no choice. Right? I was born then. I was born in 1981. On that day. For such a time as this. Why? Because he believed and put me here and believed that I would awaken to truth to bring truth and bring his reality to this earth. Not just me, but you as well. What happens is when we are born in flesh, we forget where we came from. And he said, what did he say? John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning it's there for you to grasp. It's there for you to reach out and lay hold of it, right? It, like it's offered, it's there. But if you're going to receive this and latch hold to it, you've got to change the way you're thinking about some things. Now we're going to go in the next couple of weeks about releasing this authority and where you are in this heavenly place and how this operates and how we go into heavenly realms and we bring these things back. We're about to start going to some deep places. But before we do that, you've got to get this first. You've got to understand this is who you are. You're not just a poor, pitiful saved by grace. For a nanosecond, as Damon always used to say, for a nanosecond you were you so much more than that. Amen. And all the enemy wants to do is to keep you from seeing who you really are because as long as he can keep you from seeing who you really are, you won't do what you were called to do. He will still say you got to prove yourself. And as long as we play that game of having to prove ourselves... We're going to still continue to walk in disobedience. Just release. A lot of times I'll just get into that place and when I see and I hear from God is every time, like if I'm striving or I'm trying to hear from God, God, I just got to hear from you. Most of the time I don't hear nothing. whenever I just get still and I just say I'm yours and I just be still and just trust who he says I am and who he says he is I just begin to go to places with him so just close your eyes for a minute just say this simple prayer Father I receive your word and plant it to me today Illuminate the eyes of my imagination. To take me deeper into you, of who you really are, and to understand deeper who I really am. Everything that the the religion and this world tries to throw at me, I pray that I cannot hear it, that I can only hear your voice. Awaken me to the truth of the scriptures that were planted in me today. Let them grow on the inside of me. 
light shine, illuminate. As I abandon everything that I used to know and hold tight to you, the real truth. trust in you, Jesus. We thank you that we don't have to live afraid. Thank you that we don't have to live in bondage. Thank you that we don't have to live in regret. We don't have to live in shame. We don't have to live in depression. We don't have to live in wondering what other people think about us. But we get to live free. And he who the Son has set free is free indeed. And we walk in your freedom. likeness. Thank you that you made a way where there seemed to be no way. Thank you that you're constantly moving us higher and higher and higher. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. begin every day to walk in that confidence of who we are and who you are. For you're a good, good Father. Over and abundant. And may your overabundant love flow from us as a river. Open wide ye gates. As we open wide our gates, be the river of life to flow through. River of life flow through us. Soaking everywhere we go with your presence. I just see everyone in this room as you trust in who he really is. As you're going about your day and going about your lifestyle, it's almost as if I see everywhere you walk, new growth is beginning to take place. Where there are desolate places and dried up places, rivers, flowers are blooming. And I see places that are overgrown with thorns and thistles. I'm seeing you awakened as you're looking into his face and you're awakened to the cross, but you're also awakened to the crown of thorns on his head that says, I've taken that thorn and thistle approach of striving and mentality I'm taking away from you. And I'm putting a new headdress around you, one of confidence, confidence not only who he is but in who you are 
are in him and he is in you. So as you're going about, I also see the root of the thorn and the thistle being thrown out and replaced with the beauty of the, of the Lord. As we talked about last week about risk, faith equals risk. In this place right now, I'm just asking you to reach out. Take a risk right now and ask somebody in this room to pray with you and agree with you. And from this point forward, you're putting a stake in the ground. Paul says, I forget what lies by, what's behind me and I press on to what's ahead. As a body of believers that come together to spur one another in love and good works, I'm asking you now, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be quiet and you just reach out. You go to somebody and say, let's, 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 make, a, let's make a stake today. Say, I forget everything that was behind me. And I'm pressing on to what lies ahead. Some are already moving. Don't be afraid. Step out. You can't step out in this room. You're not going to step out outside this room. First person he lays on your heart, just go. You don't even have to know what the words are you're going to say to him. Just the first person you see in your mind, you go straight to him. He'll give you the words. Yes. That they will grow from glory to glory. That this will be the generation that yeah. rises up that all creation. Come on. Woo. So yeah. I just want to declare that over. I know many of you parents in here going, oh, my kids are too distracted. Never. Yeah. Never declare that over. Yes. We love those children. We love every whimper, every voice. And yes. They send out across this building because you know what? They're our future. It's just a short time. Yes. It's just a short time. That's right. I look back at my kids and they're grown now. That's right. And I'm like, wow. And I can remember saying, you better not say anything in church. You better you better be quiet or I'm going to take you out. Because that's what I was taught to do. And lo and behold, these children are important. Yeah. And it's better to teach them. They're soaking it in, too. It's a safe place for them. They're soaking it in, too. Yes. I promise you, on Wednesday nights, when your kids get to come in here with us, to hear from their heart, that's why I'm telling you, the littlest of these minister to me. 
Yeah. You have to be open to let them minister to you. And a lot of the problems we see with our families and our husbands and our wives and everything today is because that was not taught in that room. Come on, come on. So I want you to not, not punish your children over just being free. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. This is a safe place. And so I just wanted to say that because I felt that in your absence. Yeah. As he was giving that message. And I just want y'all to realize your children will be the next generation. Amen. Amen. Yeah. They will be the next ones. And you don't want them to have to go through what you went through to get to this point. Amen. 40 some odd years in my Amen. life. Amen. places. Yeah, we don't start on time. Because we believe that relationship is most important. So you don't have to rush out of here. Linger. If there's something you still need to say to somebody, if there's still something you need to ask somebody, lean on. Press in with. That's what we're here for. So just be mindful what Holy Spirit Remember. As the Spirit moved, those four foundations went. So wherever the Spirit leads you, you follow. And I promise you, you'll be blessed. Love you guys. Have a good week.